there. Welcome to Break the Norm. I'm your host, Katrina McGee. I'm a certified life coach with an MBA who survived 15 years in the corporate world. I'm here to teach you how to break the norm and pursue an unconventional path to career success. I'm sure you are well-versed in how to live a conventional life and achieve conventional success. But if you're here with me today, that life is so not working for you, even though you really wish it would. Well, it's time to shake things up, to do something different, and to create a new path and start living unconventionally. Hey, everybody. I am so excited. Today, we have a really super special guest on the Break the Norm podcast. Her name is Belinda Smith. Belinda Smith is a spectacular human being, but she's most especially on the podcast today because we talk about following an unconventional path to your career success. And Belinda is a great example of the success you can achieve and sort of the personal impact and fulfillment you can have when you're willing to follow an unconventional path. So before we turn it over to Belinda, I just want to tell you a little bit about how Belinda and I met. So Belinda is, as you'll find out, a certified life coach. And I met her actually at our master coach training. And the crazy thing about Belinda and I is that we have a very small town in West Virginia in common. So I grew up in Buchanan, West Virginia, and Belinda actually went to undergrad <laughs> in Buchanan, West Virginia. And when I saw this on Facebook, when I realized she was going to be in my master class, I thought, we should totally be friends, except that Belinda is a singer-songwriter living in Nashville doing cool stuff. So there was a little bit of like, is she going to think that I'm just a groupie trying to friend her on Facebook? I don't know. And if I'm being honest, it took Belinda a little while to accept my friend request. So I was all like, I don't know. Is Belinda going to like me? Is she not going to like me? I don't know. And when I met her in person in Louisville on our first day of training, I was like, oh my God, it's Belinda. I'm going to go say hi to Belinda. And then once you meet Belinda, it's over, right? Like she's one of the coolest people we've ever met. She'll keep you in stitches. She's hilarious. But as I also came to discover, she's an incredibly fierce female that is ultra serious about making shit happen and getting stuff done. And I just love her so much. So I'm so excited, you guys, that she was willing to come on the show today and excited to be a part of it. And I'm so excited to share more about her and her story. And I'm going to start, Belinda, by reading your bio, and then I'll let you say hi, okay? Okay. Okay. So, West Virginia native Belinda Smith is an accomplished songwriter, performer, and creative mentor, recognized as a talented force in the Nashville music industry and beyond. A Dove award-winning and Grammy-nominated writer, y'all. Belinda has seen hundreds of her original songs recorded by renowned artists, including six number ones, and numerous award-nominated hits. She's also written several title songs for musicals and released her own Christmas musical, Once You've Seen the Star, in 2016. Belinda's own gifts as a vocalist, pianist, and performer help her craft songs that others want to record. She's frequently featured at popular venues such as the world-famous Bluebird Cafe and has been spotlighted on NPR's Mountain Stage Radio. As if that's not enough, Belinda is also a certified life coach and certified in the Bear Method. Through her work with unhookedlife.com, she's a mindset coach focused on helping female entrepreneurs make empowered decisions, persist, and choose self-acceptance. Belinda is passionate about living with purpose, and she thrives through helping her clients do the same. Fun fact about Belinda, 
She lives in Nashville with her four dogs. That's right, y'all. Four dogs. Welcome to Break the Norm, Belinda. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for, for having me. And I'm sorry it took a while to get your friend request. I don't know her. Because I think I accepted it as, as soon as I saw it. But, um, yeah. Well, we'll never know, Belinda. There is no record of you clicking the, the accept button, so we'll never know. I'll just have to take your word for that. Hilarious. So, Belinda, I want you to start by telling us a little bit about yourself. I especially want to know kind of, you know, a little bit about you growing up, but especially about what your first sort of job was, like how you got started in employment in general. And did you immediately jump into songwriting? Is that something that was running parallel to other things? Like we want to hear a little bit about your story. Oh, my. Well, in my particular case, we went to church um, 30 times a week, essentially. Um, and I learned how to play the piano. So I became like the music department in our little country church. So um, I was not allowed to not pay attention to the sermons, but I was allowed to take notes. And so, of course, that turned into me, no offense, being bored. We really had to, you know, just anytime the church doors were open, not really 30 times. Um, I would get bored. And no offense, Grandpa. And I would start trying to write stuff. And then I, I got to where, oh, well, maybe I could make a song out of this sermon. And that's kind of how I started writing songs was literally just, it's terrible to say, but just being bored, being the bored kid in church. And so I'd write these songs. And so that came about, starting when I was 12 or 13, uh, I was, you know, could, could just do music. So I was involved in all of that. Um, had an opportunity to go on the road right out of high school. And my dad was adamant that I got an education. Dad was right. Oh, I hate that. He was correct. Um, so I went ahead, went to, got my undergrad. And after that, uh, I, there's a whole lot of um, sort of glamour around being a starving artist. I never found that. And I never thought that Fair would be hilarious. You know, I was like, I like to, to buy stuff and travel. So <laughs> I like to buy groceries. Yeah, like I didn't want to live in my car and I didn't want that to be part of my story. I was not interested in that. And I actually have, um, I got involved with the Social Security Administration and got a job there uh, straight out of school, straight out of college in West Virginia and worked there for about a year and then was offered a transfer to Nashville. So it was a super weird little thing, but I was always very concerned about having health insurance, very concerned about you know, paying my bills, having enough to live on. Yeah. So and what were your parental influences on that? Right. So were they, were they kind of like, did they understand your dreams of songwriting and fully support that? Did they think it was more of a hobby? Like how were they as far as, you know, you living sort of a conventional career? Um, I they were not opposed to my face. Well, except mom. Um, I mean, they wanted me to write songs. They wanted me to do it. Uh, they just didn't want me to, to be stupid about it. Now, when it came to moving to Nashville, Jesus take the wheel. It was a whole other situation. Even my mom said a few months ago, she got her old journals out and she was reading through them. And she said, I was just really dramatic during that time. <laughs> I was like, you were a brat. So, you know, we sort of ended up with that, you know, going, I'll move for a year, no matter what, I'm staying for a year, we'll see how it goes, and if it's not going well, I'll come back home. Okay. And it's been 20. 
and full intention of keeping the the nine to five job through that year of like the income and everything like that. So songwriting was going to be on the side. Yeah, my intention for the first year was to get a publishing deal. Uh, I had no intention of leaving my job. Uh, I was able to work from 6.45 in the morning till 3.30. So there's plenty of time to get to a publisher's office before, because songwriting kind of shuts down between 5.30 and 6. And then I was able to go hang out at writer's nights every night. So that's kind of how I did it. So tell me more about how you felt in your in your nine to five, were you sort of, I mean, was it kind of a relief? Were you happy in the nine to five? Did it feel nice to tell people what you did and have them sort of understand? Or was there, was there ever a point where it started to not feel okay? Like tell us more about how it felt sort of behind the scenes in the nine to five. In the nine to five, I did not tell anybody what I did. It was a total secret because it felt extremely cliche for me moving to Nashville to be a songwriter. It's like, great, that's a, that's a new, fresh idea. No one thought of that before. Um, and I didn't want to be, like, I didn't want to be that person. So I didn't tell anybody what I did. And uh, also, I, I had already done that particular job in West Virginia for a little bit, and I liked the job. I, I'm, I'm a disability advocate at heart. I have, I'm a person with a disability. My ankle's messed up, and, and um it, it beautifully, it's, it's, it's who I am. But, um, so I was already like, I'm an advocate for people, you know, so I worked in retirement, disability, survivor benefits, and I was all in. So in terms of the job itself, it was fine. I already knew how to do it. I knew what it was giving me in, in return for what I could pursue. Um, the people I worked with, um, and I've told them all and they know they were they really made it hard on me that first bit. You can't, you can't come into an office and be happy when you're in your 20s and everybody's miserable in their 50s. You're going to have a thing. Um, eventually, they'll forgive you, but it's going to be tough at first. But, yeah, so, so at first, I will tell you, it was a really good marriage. The, the hours, the, the time I could work ahead and get off, and it was, it was a great marriage. I have no regrets about it. That's awesome. So what, did anything change for you or what sort of prompted your exit from that job? Um, as well, within the first year of moving to Nashville, and this does not happen. This is so bizarre, but you have to understand I had my whole time in West Virginia, but within the first year of moving to Nashville, um, I got my first song recorded in Nashville. I got that got recorded um, it became my first radio single. Um, that radio single went to number one, so it became my first number one song. And then it was also nominated for a Dove Award, which I lost. Um, so that was a whole lot to happen in one year, and it's sort, of, sort of an affirmation. Um, but it led to a whole lot of success, a whole lot of, I mean, success is quantifiable, but um, just really good things. And Social Security, I stayed there long enough that they were kind of like, hey, we don't want to lose you. Is there a way we could work with this? And they did beautifully for years. I ended up only working three days a week for the government, and I was doing that just for health insurance. So that's Wow, Yeah. So what made you, because um, you don't work with the Social Security office anymore, so what prompted your complete exit from that job? What, and what did you replace it with? Um, 
my complete exit was prompted by um, complete miserability. Is that a word? <laughs> yes. Tell me more about that. Um, in that particular work, and I'm sure with anybody, you know, you work and you 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 do things, and then the environment changes. You know, for for us, we were at the whim of the government. You know, whatever political party was in in charge affected us differently and I, whichever party you're with it really didn't make a difference you as a political or as a government employee and I'm sure that other government employees I know we all talk about it um if one party is in you're gonna have this set of challenges in the workplace if another party is in you'll have this set of challenges it's just it's just the nature of the beast um with us we lost so much funding and the work became so demanding. And I also, also say that people changed in, in that I, I was there for a total of 18 years and working with the public went from, you know, dealing with people who were so lovely and so respectful and so kind to people who were really angry pretty much all the time. I got death threats. Death threats were just like a norm. I'm like, okay, another death threat. What you got? What's it going to be this time? You know, when you hit that, um, so what kept you there? Like, I feel like after my first death threat, I might be, I mean, not that I want people to be able to run me out of anything, but if I wasn't in love with it, I might be reassessing and thinking, hmm. <laughs> Am I allowed to say like the real thing that made me leave? Yeah, you are. That's what this okay. show is all about, Belinda. Okay, it's about real. Okay. So the death threats weren't really that big of a deal. I don't know why. You just, when you deal with me, people. like, I really don't value my life. It doesn't. Well, have I just didn't believe them. You know, like I, there were a few times when I had the guard walk me to the door, but I just didn't really believe everybody. I was like, whatever. I know you're mad, blah, blah, blah. But it was more, oh, whoops. not that that's not disrespectful, but I just kind of felt like, I don't know, people just. Or letting off some steam sometimes. I know this sounds so funny when I say it back. I did. I'm like, oh, death threat, whatever, but it's funny. Um, I mean, it's not, but it is, it's us. Um, the thing, okay, y'all, when you start praying for a sign or however you do, I pray, you pray for praying for a sign, should I stay or should I go? I want to tell you to take the first one or, you know, even the third one or the fourth sign that you get to leave. Because here I was, 18 years into it, totally successful in this whole other world, still worried about losing my health insurance, still praying for the sign. We've just discussed the death threats, and I'm still praying for the sign. And so finally one day I have a woman come in to the office, and I had, we had a, you have to, I don't know what I'm allowed to say privacy-wise, but she got nailed. Oh, we lost you, Belinda. Repeat that. And to show her displeasure, she Ooh, my back. Okay, we're good. Yeah, just repeat. She got what? Um, she we we nailed her in some activity she should not have been doing, and to show her displeasure, she raised her skirt and did a number two in the floor. Okay, can we just pause on that? Um, yeah. For anyone listening to the show, I just I just want to let you know you did not your brain did not make things up. Belinda, could you just repeat that? I feel like <gasps> I'm. I'm still trying to process that, but I want everyone to know, like, they really heard what they think they just heard. Actually, she lifted her skirt and did a number two in the floor. In, like, in the floor. In the floor. And that was truly the moment when I was like, oh, oh, I should have taken one of the earlier signs, not this one. And that was it. That was when I was like, I actually am made for something more. And that is a really 
great sign. I'm not sure how many people could miss that one, but I have to ask, like, why did it come to defecating on the floor? Like, what do you think kept you with signs one through four? Like, why did it take sign number five? Oh, no, sign one through 24, but that was number 25. Um, I was so afraid of not being able to get health insurance. That was my whole entire everything. Um, it, 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 was to- it was health insurance. No other. Yeah. So when you left, the, you were like, okay, that's a deuce. I'm a deuce. We're out. Poop on the floor, I'm out. Did you... <laughs> Did you go to something that provided healthcare or did you finally decide whatever else it had to be like healthcare couldn't, couldn't be the North star for you anymore? Um, I'll tell you when I finally left, it was when the affordable care act came in because they were able, they were saying we wouldn't do, um, they wouldn't decline preexisting conditions. Yeah. That was huge for, for me. So when I finally was able to go, I will say, and this is to anybody who was looking at, you know, taking your earlier signs, realizing you're not in a position that makes you happy or fulfills you. You know, sometimes we do things that don't make us happy for other reasons, which I've explained, but I did make, start making plans. Like I did want to, I kind of was like, I need to make sure I have this much money saved. I need to know what my, you know, cause you get Cobra in that situation. Like I, I didn't just get mad and walk out the door. I I finally, like, I got my stuff together. I was like, all right, this is what I need to do. And I kind of thought and and hoped that I could go into disability advocacy, which is what I went into um, from that. And and it was a logical step. I worked for Social Security for 18 years. I understood the system. Then I got recruited from a company out of St. Louis to come and do advocacy for them. And that was great. I just got on a plane and traveled around the country and helped people and then wrote songs. So it was just, it was wonderful. Yeah. So I'm just curious, Belinda, like, you know, your path has been very different than my path, right? So you have this experience where your unconventional path has sort of grown over time and you've never abandoned your passions and interests, right? Like you still pursue those, you have success with those, but you've also been able to find space for something that's more traditional in that it fits what you need, right? So it's not like you're making this huge sweeping statement where you're like, I'm cutting everything out all at once. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Like you've sort of managed them both in a way that you're always checking for the balance and what works for you? Yes, I definitely would agree with that. Yeah. So I think it's important to to know that there are so many ways that you can follow your own path and that, you know, you don't have to do what I do, which is just quit up and quit and decide to leap into something kind of cold turkey, like high soaring. And, you know, like you can make it work for you for the things that you need. And obviously for you, Belinda, healthcare was sort of a non-negotiable. Um, and you found a way to make that work while also pursuing this thing that is less traditional that, has brought you a lot of success, but also like allowed you to make a contribution and an impact, right? Correct. So let's, so yeah, so tell us like, so you do it your way, right? Which is sort of finding the balance, bringing things in and um, maybe having some kind of collaboration of, of things that work for you. So what would you recommend to anyone listening if they're struggling, feeling like they're in the situation where they're living conventionally and sort of following the shoulds, right? So their career has become a should of like, well, this is what a good person does, or I'm scared to let go of these things. So I will keep this job. What would you recommend as some first, like a first step or first few steps they could take 
in the next day, week, month to kind of branch out, open themselves up, find some hope, find some inspiration, um, basically create space to allow for some unconventional slash their own path to come in? Well, so I always, you know, like health, health insurance was such an important thing to me, but I will be honest, a lot of that came from my upbringing. You know, a lot of it is family influence, should, 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 this way. And, and I'm, and I'm, of course, health insurance is super important. So don't shop. Yeah. It's not. Um, but what I want to, I would first is give yourself permission to think about what's possible. So everyone does not have to have that, tra- that, that traditional path and it can look like a lot of things. So it happened for me that I had all this bizarre training who works for social security and I was already an advocate. And so advocacy was already a passion. I was writing songs to encourage people. I was doing, um, you know, I was fighting for people in the job. Then I left that job because it was so soul sucking. Um, and, but okay, so initial steps is just find out, think about what's possible. Just give yourself some room to, to have a possibility, just to dream. What would it feel like to wake up every day and just not hate what you're doing? Like I tell everybody, I used to, I knew it was time to go when I would punch in the, the, um, the on the code in the back door and I would think, okay, there's an exit sign up there. And I'd look at that exit sign and I would say, okay, in eight hours and 45 minutes, I will be eight hours and 45 minutes closer to death. And that's how I started my day, you know, well, y'all, there's so much more. There's so much more. Um, And then the next thing I'll do, and I know Katrina is an expert at this, but it's, it's starting to look at your funds and, um, and going, all right, how do I make this possible? So even when I first went part-time, I went to four days a week and adjusted. And then I went to three days a week. And, and it was all exchanging my value. This is why I get, this is why I can stay. This is why I need to do this. So it was a really good conversation and it was keeping them on my side. So over delivering at work, um, but also finding a way to um, make space for where I want to be in the world. Is that helpful? Yeah, that is. And there's something Belinda that you are um, offering that is brand new that I'm really excited about. And I think I want, I would love for you to tell us just a little bit about that because I think it is so relevant to what we're talking about. So we're talking about, you know, like allowing yourself the ability to even consider, you know, what could this be for you and to let go of the shoulds and to kind of work on that mindset piece, right? Like what you believe is possible and what you really need versus what you think you need. And um, the thing that you offer with your theme songs to me is so powerful because music is such a mindset thing, right? And it's like for somebody that wants to find the courage to go their own way, do their do it their own way and kind of follow their own path. I just feel like, wow, this is so amazing. So um, could you just tell us a little bit about what it is that you're offering? Thanks for asking. Yeah. I am one of the, I, I um, my life coach company, I guess it's unhookedlife.com, unhookedlife.com. Um, and that's where I started working with mindset. You work with mindset with um, female entrepreneurs, um, having been one, having gone through this is sort of the, the backstory of all of it. Um, but one of the things I do for my clients 
um, whether with coaching or aside as I write theme songs for them. And so um, I believe so strongly in the power of music, obviously. Um, but you get up in the morning, what you put on your playlist determines or what you listen to on the way to work. It's going to determine how you're going to feel. When you get mad and you listen to Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves, you're happier again. It just doesn't matter. So I write songs for people um, based on them, based on how they want to feel. Uh, we look at some reference songs. I get into it. I interview people. I use your words. And basically, I give you what um, I give you your own dose of mindset. So whether it's, you know, love, I've got one going on about love right now. I have one called I Will Hold You Up. Um, I've got, I'm trying to think of, I can't even think of all the ones. Raza. Yep. But these are like messages that you hear every single day. And yeah, so I write the theme songs based on what you tell me. And I'm getting ready on Saturday to open up um, eight slots for theme songs. So I don't know if y'all are interested, come over to Unhook Life and reach out and let's see, let's give it a time to chat. Yeah, that would be exciting. So, Belinda, before I let you go, I have a pop quiz for you. It's just one question, and it's not hard, so you can stop sweating. Just kidding. You're not sweating. You don't look sweaty. Okay, so here's my like, What? Okay, here's my question for you, Belinda, with the great hair. Um, who was your biggest supporter during your unconventional transition, right? So in those moments where you want to leave – the nine to five, or you want to transition into something that feels less secure, or you're ready to just make a break and go be an advocate. But at some point when you felt conflicted and that what you were doing was breaking the norm of what you knew, like who do you feel like was your biggest supporter in that process or what, if it wasn't a person, like a book or whatever? Without question, it was my little brother. Without question. My little brother is also a writer. He's a, an English professor in Cambridge. So he also understands non-traditional paths, creativity, um, and had the same sort of be practical thing. Um, so, but without question, without question, my little brother, I give him complete props for saying, um, you're, you're meant for something more. This is your time. You're meant for something more. So that was an easy one. Yeah, what a great note to end on, too, that you're meant for something more. Because I think that's the point of this podcast, right? That's the point for both you and I showing up and doing what we do is because we want you guys to know that you are meant for more. And if you're currently in a situation where you're not able to make the impact or live a life that fills you up, like, there is more out there. So, Belinda, you are super duper awesome. And, um, you know, you'd mentioned, so unhookedlife.com is where you can find Belinda. Um, Belinda, is there anything like <clears throat> anything else you want to part with? I feel like we've talked about some really great stuff. Um, are you good? I'm good. Thank you so, so much for having me. And I'm just, I just love that you're doing this. There's no one more qualified as far as I'm concerned because you're just the best. So yay. And I'm sorry again that I didn't accept your, your Facebook request. Fast I forgive you, Belinda. We've come a long way. We've come a long way since then. <laughs> All right. No, but thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Live, live. Like to, if I would say anything to your people, like don't let this, don't let this life pass you by without, without pursuing your possibilities. Like just really soak it up. Amen. So thank you so much, Belinda. We really enjoyed having you today. So for all of you out there, 
You know, I hope this podcast really helped you have another great example of a person out there following their heart, doing the hard things, asking themselves the hard questions, and transitioning in a way to live their own life, follow their own path. I think that is where you have your greatest opportunity to make an impact and not only on other people, but on yourself as well and to live your purpose. And I feel like today I learned so many things, but I'm definitely taking away that tip to think about music as it relates to my mindset when I'm trying to amp myself up and creating my playlist. But I really love what Belinda had to say about considering opening yourself up to the possibilities. I think sometimes they don't even feel possible. And if you can ground yourself in a safe space and just dedicate a little bit of time to really thinking about what is possible for you, what you want, and maybe like letting go of the shoulds that you find intertwined in that, it can be so, so powerful. So just remember when you're out there breaking the norm, it can be hard, but leading your best life is all about finding the strength and the courage to follow your own path. That's where you're going to find your greatest success and the most meaning and make your biggest impact. I hope you guys have a great day. See you next week.